Good morning, everybody. Man, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Good to see you sitting close to each other, too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have chosen not to walk in fear, but in faith. And trust and confidence in the God who created me, the God who saved me, the God who heals me. Amen? Amen. Let me just tell you a little bit about this man you saw in the video here a moment ago. He uh, was in a hospital in the major Indian city of Hyderabad. He was in ICU. His heart was so weak that the doctors said he should not even sit up. He should uh, lay horizontal. His wife heard about our meeting. The meeting was 120 miles from that city. And uh, if you've ever been in India, that's not like traveling over to uh, some town in Minnesota or Madison or something. The roads are uh, really interesting. That's probably an all-day journey, 120 miles. She uh, rented a vehicle. She went to the hospital, and she signed a stack of papers that they required before they would even let him out of the hospital. And they said to her, you realize you're, he's probably going to die on this journey. That's what the doctors said. She got him to our field where the meeting was. They brought him out of the vehicle, and they laid him down on the grass of the field. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I got up, and I began just... Uh, declaring healing, naming conditions, calling on the name of the Lord. Friend, I live by a verse that's in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13 and verse 8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. While I was declaring that healing, the power that is in the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I don't know, may have been a healing angel, I don't know. You heard him, his, the interpreter say something came and hit his chest. Tangibly, he felt it on his chest and he was given a new heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus does heart transplants. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give him some more praise. Hallelujah. I believe he wants to heal some people in here this morning. How many of you believe that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you might be wondering if he's willing. I want to read a verse for you in the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 8 and verse 3. <laughs> then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, this is a leper man now. Jesus, um, by the way, you're, you're in agreement with Jesus. Jesus did not observe social distancing. <laughs> Social distancing said you're not supposed to go near a leper. It was the law of Moses, actually. But there was someone standing there who was greater than the law of Moses. The one who wrote the law of Moses was standing there in the presence of that leper. Can anybody say amen here today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Let's all say that together here today. I am willing. One more time. I am willing. Jesus said, be cleansed. And the Bible said immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up together with me, please? We're just going to believe Jesus to heal some things right here, right now. Hallelujah. He's the same. 
Why don't you make this declaration with me together? Let's say these words right out loud. Say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus I, declare the blood of Jesus I declare the blood of Jesus is greater than every disease, than every, disease. every sickness, every, sickness every, pain. every pain. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I, call I call on you now for the healing of my body. Of my body. I, believe, I believe and you are my God my Lord, my Savior, and my healer. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Take your hand and just lay it on yourself right there where you are. Hallelujah. These signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So why don't you just lay it on yourself there and begin to recover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, he's here this morning. I'm talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I'm talking about the Holy One. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you today that you have committed all judgment to the Son. We thank you today, Father, that you have put all things in his hands. And Lord Jesus Christ, right now, we exalt you to the highest place in this room. Far above every disease, far above every name that is named, it's the name of Jesus. So right now, you spirit of infirmity, I break your power off of these people. Go in the name of Jesus. Let these people alone. You spirits of pain and you conditions of pain, bow to the name of Jesus and retreat and come off of these now. You're trespassing and you have no right here. We order you off the premises now by the name of Jesus. Conditions in the knees right now, we just release healing in there. We just release creative miracles in there. We create a release of tensions in the knees and pain. Go in Jesus' name. Resurrection power coming in there right now in the name of Jesus. Conditions in the heart right now. Hearts come into order. Begin to beat with a steady sinus rhythm in the name of Jesus right now. Weakness in the heart. Be strong in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you that you can do it again just like you did for that man in India. Right in here, right now. Serious heart conditions. In Jesus' name. Outcomes of heart attacks and strokes right now. We cancel it in the name of Jesus. We declare health and victory and virtue flowing in. In the name of Jesus. Conditions on the skin right now. Healing fire You're from deep underneath that skin right now. The fire of heaven released in there. Every kind of skin problem and disorder right now. Be whole in the name of Jesus. By this resurrection power. Coming in from Jesus. Conditions of pain in different parts of the body. Go and let go. You have no right here. It's canceled by Jesus. Arthritic pain, get out of those joints, get out of those uh, fingers, get out of those hips, get out of those joints right now, Jesus is Lord. He paid the price for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's give him some praise in the house here today. Give honor and glory to the name of Jesus. Jesus, you are the awesome one. You are the Holy One. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Check yourself out, please. Some of you need to move around. Some of you need to do some cartwheels in the back there. <laughs> and uh, jump up and down or uh, places where you had pain, just try pushing in there. Do what you need to do. And seriously, check it out. I, I simply come into a service like this filled with expectancy that people are going to be healed and receive miracles. Hallelujah. I just, I just do.
because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How many of you know something definitely happened right here in this little time of prayer we had right now? Here's a couple here. Anybody over? Okay. Those of you with your hands up, come on up here. Come on, we're going to take some testimonies. Come on down. We got a little stairway in the back here. We'll get you up here on the platform. And you over there? Yep. Come on up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on right up. Bless the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Yeah, grab her hand there, too. Something's happening. Yeah, give her a little assistance there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, let's start with you here, dear. What was wrong before and what Jesus do for you here right now? I was dropped off of uh, someone's shoulders when I was two years old, and I have a major deterioration in my spine. Um, I've already had a spinal surgery when I was 30 years old, and it continues to deteriorate and cause me great pain. It affects me every day. And how is it now? It's feeling better. <laughs> now, are you telling us the pain you would normally have on, on a daily basis that you're not having that pain right now? Um, I've been standing there in pain the whole time until a few minutes ago. Until a few minutes ago, hallelujah. Give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Listen, in the name of Jesus, I release blessing over you and to walk in this healing for the rest of your life on this earth. In Jesus' name, your spine, your bones, your joints made whole in Jesus' name. That's right, let it come. It's mercy. It's the fire of God. It's his healing power. And it's yours. It's a gift to you from your Father in heaven. That's how much he loves you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is an awesome testimony. How about you, dear? What's going on with you? Um, um, my knees, I got arthritis in my joints and in my hips, and I've been, did coffee this morning, and my knees were really hard for me to stand, and it was really painful, but right now, I can, I can stand without having any pain. No pain, hallelujah. Wow, what a God. Hallelujah. God bless you, ladies. Thank you. You can go back down. Appreciate you coming up for those testimonies. Hallelujah. Yes, brother, you came up here with a testimony? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Tell us what was wrong before and what Jesus did now. Well, I've been uh, uh, dealing with uh, cataracts. Oh. And uh, the vision was uh, growing... Uh, more fuzzy in my right eye particularly. Uh, and uh, I can see clearer now. Hold my right eye, yes. Glory to God. That is awesome. Jesus does cataracts. <laughs> he really does. Now, when you had that before, like, could you even read those letters in the back there, like that Kingdom Builders or with your... Uh, it's still blurry. I mean, it was blurrier. Way blurrier than it than, than now. It's clearer now. Yeah, way clearer. Yeah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord some more praise. Hallelujah. What a good God. God bless you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Jesus. You know, when you start with scriptures like Hebrews 13, 8, this kind of stuff happens. <laughs> because it's true. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
Yeah, I believe revival and awakening and renewal is coming to America. I really do. But uh, stop out at our table there on your way out today. We've got helpers out there to help you. Um, I'll just mention a few things I've got up here. We have CD sets, and uh, they cover very important topics. This one is the gifts of the Holy Spirit, how they operate, uh, how to receive them, and how to operate in the, the different gifts. Uh, I have a very seasoned father in the faith helping me with this set, Pastor James Hessler from uh, Dickinson, North Dakota. He does two of the messages, and I do four in this uh, six-disc set, and um, his message in here on discerning of spirits is worth the price of the whole set. Plus, everything is half price, so hey. So massive New Year's uh, closeout sale back there. No, not closeout, but... All right, this little booklet has helped a lot of people, especially those of you that got healed here today, how to receive your healing from God and keep it. All right, you received it by faith, you have to keep it by faith as well. And it's a walk of faith that you walk out. Believe me, the enemy is gonna try to talk you out of it. He's gonna try to bring it back. He's sometimes even gonna put symptoms in your body. You're gonna stand in the faith and believe Jesus and take the authority that you have as a believer, amen? Now I'm preaching the book, so I, I gotta be careful. So, but that's out there as well. Um, this book, no one in this church needs, but you can buy them and give them to your friends that go to other churches in the city here. It's called the Pharisee Syndrome, <laughs> okay? And uh, it was written by a very accomplished Pharisee, me, <laughs> okay? And uh, Jesus convicted me of that in 1997, and I had a major collision with his grace and his mercy down in a city in Florida that rhymes with Coca-Cola, um, <laughs> Pensacola, that is. And uh, I have never been the same. And I never will be the same. Hallelujah. But uh, this book really um, treats the Pharisee reality as a disease, as a syndrome that it is, and so I diagnosed the symptoms and prescribed the cure because, after all, I'm a doctor. So, you know. <laughs> so that's out there. We have our Be Healed cards out there. There are four different designs of these. We've had some wonderful testimonies just come in recently of healings of cancer. Uh, one woman was healed of breast cancer, another woman of colon cancer out in South Dakota simply by playing the healing declaration that is on this CD over and over, just letting the power of God just come and the presence of God just be released. So those are out there as well. We have a flash drive for you techie people. Everything that's on the table and more is on the flash drive. You just need a device that'll accept a USB. Um, this is our latest newsletter. They're free, just grab one as you leave. We'd love to send them to you. Uh, every three months we send them out. Just sign up on the clipboard there. And I think we still have a few calendars left. So they're free. Just take one. Let uh, our logo and name there uh, remind you to pray for us. Well, praise God. Why don't we all stand up one more time here? <clears throat> pray this out to the Lord right now. Say, Father... I ask you today to fill my heart, my mind, and my soul with your very word. I will obey, and I will walk it out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Jeremiah chapter 32. And verse 17. Thank you, Lord. Whoa, hey, there it is. All right. Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 17. Ah, Lord God, 
Behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Do you believe that this morning? This is the God for whom nothing is too hard or too difficult. You show loving kindness to thousands and repay the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. The great, the mighty God whose name is Lord of hosts. You are great in counsel and mighty in work for your eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. You have set signs and wonders in the land of Egypt to this day and in Israel and among other men and you have made yourself a name as it is this day. We're going to talk today about the sovereignty of God. I believe that there is a, an understanding of this in the Western church that really is not biblical. It really it was constructed out of philosophies more than it was out of the word of God. So let me start by telling you this God that we serve is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's everything the Bible says he is. We read part of it here in Jeremiah 32. There are many, many other scriptures we could read that tell us about the greatness, about the exalted status of this mighty God. Now, how many of you here are believing in your heart, in your mind, and in your inner person that God is going to send revival and awakening on America? How many of you believe that today? I want you to just scream out a question at me here this morning, would you please? Scream this right out at me. How do we prepare for it, doctor? How do we prepare for it, doctor? All right, one way, by listening to what I have to say here this morning. <laughs> but I'll tell you one way I'm preparing for it. I've changed some of the things in my life and I changed uh, what I read. And I was reading in a book written by a man named Jonathan Edwards. Anybody ever hear of him? Yeah. I think if we want to know about awakenings, maybe we should read from a guy who guided the church through one. <laughs> That's what Jonathan Edwards did back in the 1730s. And he made a statement in this reading in his book that really got my attention. He said, we ought not, and what he was, he was talking about revival manifestations because they were criticized uh, in his revival in his church because people flopped around on the floor, they danced around under the power of the spirit, they, all, all kinds of things like that happened. And so he was, he was talking about that and defending it scripturally and he says, we ought not to limit God where God has not limited himself. Ho! Oh. We ought not to limit God where God has not limited himself. So really, when you say that, that opens up two things. Number one, there are the places where God has not limited himself. And then there are places, apparently, where God has limited himself. And if you're going to understand the sovereignty of God, you're going to have to know what some of those are. Let me go on record as I begin by saying there is no man, there is no demon, there is no fallen archangel, thinking of one in particular, his name is Lucifer, <laughs> None of those can limit God. Amen. Anybody say amen to that today? But God can limit himself. He's that big. He's that powerful. It's like two baseball teams coming together. Or maybe football teams. That'd be more appropriate today. 
be like the Packers going on the field this afternoon and saying, we're so confident of winning, we're going to just keep our best 11 guys, our best 22 guys, offense and defense, they're just going to sit on the bench. We're going to play all our second and third line guys. You think they're going to do that? No. <laughs> Not today, no. <laughs> God does that all the time. He limits himself. And we need to understand when, when God limits himself, something amazing, something mighty is going to break out. First of all, God has limited himself in the incarnation. Woo, there it is. Philippians chapter 2. Let's read it. Philippians chapter 2. In verse 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Look your neighbor right in the eyes and tell him, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Hallelujah. You know why we have you do that in church like that, right? Because we hope at some time, some place out there during the week today, you're going to turn to your neighbor at Walmart or at uh, Shopco or, or some other or quick trip and say, tell, start telling them about Jesus. Amen? Amen. That was weak, but I'll take it. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. The one who was born of the Virgin Mary and laid in the manger was God. The one who grew up and became the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was taken by the soldiers and whipped and beaten, humbled himself. He was God. Surely he could have prevented that. Jesus says so. He could have called ten legions of angels to take him out of the situation. But he was accomplishing something greater, which is called the salvation of mankind. Can anybody say amen here today? He was bringing forth a victory over the forces of hell by humbling himself. So the first place where God limits himself is in the incarnation. Friends, I am so glad that Jesus did that. Not just to become a man, but to die the most terrible, painful, ugly death that a Roman mind could come up with in taking care of criminals, crucifixion. It was so bad you couldn't crucify a Roman citizen in Jesus' day, no matter even if they were a mass murderer or a terrorist or whatever they were, if they were a Roman citizen, they could not be crucified. The punishment was that bad. It was that terrible. I'm really glad today that Jesus wasn't a Roman citizen. Hallelujah. And that Jesus could go the whole distance in lowering himself and humbling himself, though he was very God of very God, and never ceased to be that all through the incarnation. Our God was crucified for us. Put that in your computer. <laughs> Let it rumble around in there for a while. God got crucified. Yeah. I would say that he is very intent on reaching us with the power of this love. The gravity of our condition 
It's another thing that I've been getting a hold of as I've been reading Jonathan Edwards. What people grasp was what sin really means. What it means, the fact that you are a sinner and that you have committed sin and you've rebelled against God. We've made that so light in America in the last decades, friend. Let's leave that alone and let's return to the word of God, the scriptures. Let's abhor sin. Let's flee from it. Let's repent of it. And let's let God be God in an awakening that sweeps across this land. Can anybody say amen today? Thank you, Lord. God limits himself sometimes to human decisions. Over in 2 Samuel chapter 24, let's read it there. 2 Samuel chapter 24. The setting is that David had sinned, King David. He numbered the people of Israel which he was not supposed to do. And God was calling for judgment through his prophet Gad. In verse 12, God says to the prophet, go and tell David, thus says the Lord, I offer you three things. Choose one of them for yourself that I may do it to you. Hey, God is sovereign. God could have chosen which one of these, couldn't he? He certainly could, but he didn't. And he said, Gad came and said to David, shall seven years of famine come to you in your land or shall you flee three months before your enemies while they pursue you or shall there be three days plague in the land? Now consider and see what answer I should take back to him who sent me. David is given the choice from these three options. God could have done all three. God could have chosen one. God could have said, well, I'm not going to do it this time. Instead, he gave it to David and said, you choose. Interesting, huh? The sovereignty of God. And as you know, David chose out of those the most righteous option because he said, I would rather place myself in the hands of God than in the hands of my enemy. And uh, he chose the third one, three days plague in the land. In the sovereignty of God, there's a part of it that we have missed, I believe, in the American church. That would be our second one here, uh, people. Are, our next slide, yes, the rules of engagement. How many of you believe we're in a battle? Okay, the war has been won. Everybody believe that? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is victor. He died on the cross. The rest of the story is he came out of that tomb on the third day. We were just singing it a little while ago here. Hallelujah. He came out of that tomb, and when he did that, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. Positionally. When he comes back in the second coming, he's going to finish the job he began then, and literally and physically and bodily, he's going to defeat all those things, and Satan is going to be dropped into the pit. Hallelujah. little preview for tonight's session on eschatology here, <laughs> Okay. For a thousand years, hallelujah. Be around, don't miss it, okay? What's the earth like with Satan dropped into the pit? Hallelujah, we'll talk about that tonight. The rules are of, of engagement are necessary because within this war, there are many different battles. And if God is limiting himself many times to human beings and our decision and our response and our obedience, I have to tell you today that we don't win every battle, even though the war is completely won. And if you'll realize that and fit that into your understanding of the sovereignty of God, it'll help you. 
Because when we lose a battle, what we do is we draw back and we say, Lord, I want to be instructed. I want to learn from your Holy Spirit. That's what David did as king of Israel. That's what many people did in the Bible. And friends, uh, the great model for this is in the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Let's turn over there. We are fighting against an unseen enemy, unseen most of the time. In Daniel chapter 10, 11 through 14, let's read that. This is the angel that appeared to Daniel. Remember, he went into a, he asked God and cried out to God, but he went into a fast of 21 days. And uh, this angel was sent to him. He said to me, Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. In other words, while Daniel was down here on the earth praying, there was a battle raging in, in what we could call the second heaven. There are three heavens. There's a heaven as the atmosphere of this earth. There is the second heaven realm which is a realm that is not assigned to human beings. It is a place where angels and demons and, and uh, fallen angels and all kinds of other beings are there. Then there is the third heaven, hallelujah, <laughs> that the apostle Paul talks about. The third heaven is where the throne of God is. The third heaven is, uh, is where heaven itself is. In our battle plan, everyone scream right out loud, do we have a battle plan, doctor? We have a battle plan. Yes, we do. Our battle plan is to be like Daniel here. Daniel wasn't ordering things around in the second heaven. Daniel wasn't trying to go into the second heaven. Daniel was going before the throne of God in the third heaven. He was making his request known to a God who loved him, a God who loved the people of Israel, even though they were now presently, as we read this here, in captivity in Babylon, God was wanting to set them free. And Daniel was crying out for the fulfillments of prophecies that had already been given. But this angel was sent out of the third heaven and it was stopped in the second heaven by principalities and powers, and they're named. The prince of uh, the kingdom of Persia is one. The, the uh, kings of Persia are others that were there. And until Michael was sent, this battle raged on for 21 days. Think of that. And then God said, this is enough. Boom, Michael, go take care of business here. <laughs> and the angel came, the answer came with the angel through to Daniel here. Does that make sense to everybody? We call on the living Lord God of heaven and earth in the third heaven. And he answers here on earth in the first, in, through the second heaven into the first heaven. Over in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. But we do that wrestling by praying and calling on God and presenting ourselves to him for his answer to come through and defeat them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There will be a time for you and me 
and other believers to judge angels. The word of God says so. It's not now. It's on the other side of the second coming. We might talk about that tonight too. Boy, I'm really egging you guys on here, aren't I? The rules of engagement. We have uh, just come through an election season that's been the most interesting and insane one that I've ever seen in my lifetime. I've made a few trips around the sun and uh, I've never seen anything like this. I expect that there is a battle, several battles raging in the second heaven that we haven't seen in the first, and whatever your political persuasion is, I'm sorry if I offend you this morning, but not really. <laughs> because there are some principalities that we are contending with. One has the name of Molech. You might have read about him in the Old Testament. He fooled and defiled the children of Israel on several different occasions. You want to know how you worshiped Molech in the Old Testament times? Well, Molech seemed to have a real desire for young children and babies to be sacrificed to him. So his worship shrine was a huge statue of himself and down at the base of it was this big hole, and then there was this metal chute. And they would wrap the babies up in cloths, and when it was time to worship Molech, they'd stoke the fire at the base of the idol, and they would roll the babies down the chute into the fire, and they'd burn to death, screaming, of course, at the top of their voices. But we're way more sophisticated now. We don't worship Molech that way. We have Planned Parenthood. We have abortion on demand. And friends, it is time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to rise up and call on heaven for a dethroning and a complete defeat of this terrible God of Molech. In the name of Jesus. And it will have implications in the political realm. Just read what people stand for. Listen to them speak. It is not God's will for babies to be murdered in the womb. He is very much against it. Therefore, he is very much against those who are for it in the name of Jesus. Then we have Ashtarot, Asherah. Everyone scream right out loud, why two names, doctor? Well, the first name is the masculine form and the second name is the feminine form in Hebrew. You might remember that when Elijah confronted the prophets of Jezebel. There were 450 prophets of Baal. We'll come to them in a moment. There were 400 prophets of Asherah or Ashtarot. And as far as they could in that ancient setting with the technology they had, which is much less than ours, they were confusing people's genders. That's what Ashtarot was all about. Everyone just scream right out loud, preach plainly here today, doctor. <laughs> all right. I uh, was dragged into this at a personal level in a very interesting way. There's a pastor in Minnesota that told me the following story. 
He said, we were having a great time at the church. People are getting saved. And he said, this young woman started coming to church, and she got saved, and she, she was uh, making relationships with people in the church, and it was good. And one day, she got into a text conversation with the pastor's daughter and the youth pastor. Now, I don't know what to call this except a millennial deliverance, okay? <laughs> because no one talked to each other this whole time on, on the phone or in person. It was all by text. For hours on this evening, they texted back and forth. She would say, this is happening in, in this manifestation. And so they would text back and they say, well, do this, or turn to this scripture, or read this, or pray this. And it went on for several hours. Finally, they got a text for her from her that said, this awful, ugly presence just left me and left my room. Wow. And they said, praise God. And she said, wait, though, there's one more thing. She said, as it was leaving, it gave me its name. They texted back, oh, what is it? What was it? She said, Ashtarot. I don't even know what that means. I said, I do. <laughs> Ashtarot was responsible for men being women and women being men in all kinds of sexual orgies, and, and uh, that was how you worshipped Ashtarot. You understand why Elijah had to call out the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Ashtaroth in his day? And God answered with fire from heaven. You remember that story? Well, I wasn't personally involved in this story until this happened. I was preaching at a conference in, in uh, Twin Cities. And there were hundreds of people there. And I told this story. I don't know why. I had a bunch. I had given an altar call, and I had been speaking uh, somewhat about spiritual warfare. But I gave this altar call, and there were hundreds of people up at the front of this church. And all of a sudden, I found myself telling this story of Ashtarod. And we went on and prayed. We took authority, and we we did some things, and it was awesome. The presence of God was great. But one of the things that happened. I didn't know until a couple of weeks later. There was a young lady that uh, was a part of the team there at that place, the, the ministry team. She came to me in a place a couple weeks later and she said, Dr. Nichols, I don't know if you knew this. While we were all taking authority over gender confusion and all of this, she said, way at the back of that group of people, a man was hit by the power of God, was thrown to the ground, came sliding past me and actually bumped against my leg. She said, so I just finished the job and cast the demons out of them. And I said, God bless you. <laughs> Friend, I'm telling you, we are in a battle with real spiritual powers. And I wanna tell you that our main weapon is prayer and taking authority, but there comes a time when you need to stand up and you begin to, you need to speak words out of your mouth. We could talk about bail. We don't really have time here this morning, the economic systems. I'll give you another little, uh, one of my favorite subjects that I don't preach on very much. <laughs> for tonight, we're going to talk about eschatology, Antichrist. One of the biggest Antichrist movements on the earth that has ever been is the philosophy of Karl Marx. Mark it down. 100 million plus people killed, tortured, and butchered under that ideology last century. And oh, now they're very refined. They don't do that anymore yet. <laughs> I'm not having it. 
It's Antichrist. You check into the origins of, of how Marx even came up with all that stuff. Satan was directly involved. There's literary written records of it. And not having it in the name of Jesus. And not having it in my nation. And certainly not having it in my family. And certainly we're not having it in the church. Can you say amen? We're going to serve Jesus. Yes, we're going to minister to the poor. Yes, when people are down and out, we're going to give them food. We're going to give them clothes. We're going to give them money. We're going to help them. We're going to, instead of health care, why don't we lay our hands on them and heal them in the name of Jesus? Now, I know we need health care too. I understand that. Then there's Jezebel. Again, we don't have a lot of time for this one, but the manipulation and control that has come upon our government through this spirit boggles my mind. Christians, it's time to go into battle against Jezebel. And Jezebel will fall in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, one more thing. Number three, God limits himself. Let's get that one up there, please. By coming into covenant with mankind. How could a human being come into a solemn binding agreement with a God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all created the universe, made this, made all of this? Unless he limits himself. I want to read a couple of verses out of Genesis chapter 8, please. Genesis chapter 8, the covenant God made with Noah when they came out of the ark. And when you get skeptics that don't believe in the Bible, remind them about the ark. It's still up there. The glaciers shift around. Sometimes the satellites even pick up pictures of parts of it. It's still there. Yeah. In verse 20 of chapter 8, it says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal, of every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Now, in the big absolute picture of God, could God curse the ground again? Yeah. But he chooses not to. He limits himself. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again deliver every living thing as I have done. In other words, a flood will never come and destroy the whole earth again. Could God do that again in his absolute power and his absolute grace? Yeah. But now he's given his word and said that he won't. He's limited himself. And isn't it interesting that all of this comes on the obedience of a very imperfect man, Noah. Huh. And this covenant is released. And so look, look at the results of this covenant. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest. In a couple months, the farmers are going to start planting corn and beans and everything else all around here. And next fall, there's going to be a harvest. God set it in motion right here. Cold and heat. Oh, he was thinking about uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota there. Cold and heat. Winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. That's the power of this God who loves you. And it's truly amazing. And out of that love, he takes his strength into captivity so that he can reach down to a human heart like yours and like mine and have a relationship with us. That is truly amazing. 
That's the sovereignty of God as I see it. So Pastor Jake, I'll give it back to you here. I would like to tell one quick story after you're, you're done. Man, that's a good word, wasn't it? Man, oh man. I do want to encourage you uh, to come back tonight at 6.30. I'm going to have him expound just a little bit more because I think it's important about these uh, four things that he had up there with Ashroth and Baal and Jezebel and those kinds of things and how that correlates with what we're going through and what's going on right now in our country and, uh, and how, actually not just the country, actually the world. Um, and, and we're going to just see how how the kingdom of God and how the body of Christ can respond to that. But before he comes back up, I, I, Dr. Nichols comes on a free will love offering, and that just simply means he doesn't ask for anything in particular to come in. Um, this is his livelihood. This is what he does to live uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. So I, I'm going to ask you if you would just um, consider this morning here as, as I get ready to pray um, to, to be generous uh, this morning. And um, we have a few ways that you can give. Um, again, right, right up there. Um, if you're writing a check out this morning to Dr. Nichols, just write in the, just, just fill it out to, uh, to River of Life Church and in the memo put Dr. Nichols and put in an envelope. Make sure it says special guest speaker or Dr. Nichols. We want to make sure that every single cent, every single penny gets right to him. Um, if you're texting or if you're going to give online, there's a little drop down there that says special guest speaker. You can sure give to that as well. And uh, we want to make sure that we bless him um, in his ministry. I've been blessed this morning. It was really, really good. I'm excited for tonight. So uh, let me just quickly pray, and um, he's going to come up and just share one more quick story, and uh, we're going to let him close it out. And I, I just have a feeling that God wants to continue to heal people this morning, all right, physically in your body. And uh, if that's you, I just want to encourage you to find time this morning to have Dr. Nichols pray for you um, in healing. Amen. Father, thanks for the opportunity to give and to invest and plant seeds into this ministry. God, we know that this goes beyond further than what we could do. God, it's going to reach people in India. It's going to reach people in Africa. God, that's what our faith and resources do combined together. Lord, we just bless you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Dr. Nichols. Yeah, I forgot to mention this video that you saw and what similar ones to it we have placed on the devices of half a million people in India. Uh, since this whole COVID thing started. We've had 150, 100, uh, uh, 500,000. We've had 150,000 of them open them and watch them in their entirety. It's been amazing, really. We're actually reaching more people now than we did before when we used to go over there. But if you'd stand up with me for a moment. Um, I told you I pre I'm preparing for revival by an awakening by reading about, you know, our nation has had two great awakenings. The first great awakening was mostly under the leadership of Jonathan Edwards, and then the second one was in the early 1800s, started in Kentucky. We're believing God for the third great awakening, amen? All across America. One of the stories that he tells in his book the story of a four-year-old girl named Phoebe Bartlett. I hope I can get through it because it really touches me. He said Phoebe lived in a family and the revival began to uh, impact families across the region. And her 11-year-old brother got saved and, and converted and radically turned to Jesus in the revival. And he came home told his little four-year-old sister about it. She began to go into a, a secret corner of the house to pray five and six times a day. For weeks, she prayed and cried out to God. And then one day, the mother heard Phoebe with extraordinary crying and, and groaning. And she went to her, and this is what Phoebe was saying. 
four years old. God, I've got to have you. I'm lost in sin. I'm going to hell and I don't want to go there. Four years old. The mother tried to comfort her, tried to say some words to her. She would not be turned from this. And after some hours of this groaning and this travail, finally she broke through into repentance and into victory. And then she turned with a shining face and said to her mother, now I have the kingdom of heaven. I have Jesus in me now. Sometimes I wonder, friends, if it's going to be the children that are going to lead us into the great awakening that we want. They don't have as many as much unbelief as I do. They don't have as many obstacles and barriers in the way. But I want to ask you as we close this service today, are you sure you're ready for Jesus to come? Are you sure your sins are forgiven and covered by the blood of the Lamb? If you're not sure, today you can be before you leave this place. There's no reason for you to walk out that door. If a four-year-old little girl can grasp, there's only two places you can go when you die. One is heaven and one is hell. They're just as real as the days they were written about in the Bible. But Jesus came and he shed his blood so you could be forgiven, so that I could be forgiven and so that we could be given a life and a relationship with God. If you're here today and you need that, would you just slip up your hand for a moment and hold it up anywhere in the house today? You just, you know you gotta draw near to God today. He said if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. Just raise up your hand and hold it up for a moment so I can see it, please. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to believe the testimony of your hand and your arm that you are ready to meet Jesus, that you're ready to go to heaven and not hell because so you don't want to go there. It's way worse than you can imagine here on this earth. And heaven is way more wonderful than we can imagine here on this earth also. So we praise him. We praise the lamb because he's taken us to heaven. All right, one more call to you here this morning. If you'd like to be included in a final time of prayer over these issues I had up here on the screen. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's uh, you personally. Maybe neighbors, friends, people you know about this Ashtarot issue. This whole Molech thing. There's all kinds of guilt and shame and fear being put around by the enemy by that. I'm telling you, Jesus sets us free. Can you say yes? He liberates us from chains and from bondage. And anybody that would like to participate together here in a final prayer over these issues, would you just step out and come on up here? We're going to agree with you for family members. We're going to agree with you for neighbors and friends. Just come on down to the front. We're going to pray together. God bless you. Come on down. Amen. Just step out and come. God bless you. Why not have Great Awakening start in Onalaska and La Crosse? Hallelujah. Step out and come. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God created boys to be boys and girls to be girls. He created babies to be born come into this world and live. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
All right, we're going to pray together. Well, we have all of us here just to help these that have come to the front. Would you say this right out loud? Say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I need your power and your love to win these battles. I ask you today to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with a boldness to confront these principalities with your protection over me and your strength upon me. I pray that these evil forces will have nothing to do with my family. I refuse it and resist it in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you today that the victory of Jesus is my victory. It is my family's victory. It is my city's victory. It is the state of Wisconsin's victory. We declare it today in the name of Jesus. Hell, we will not have your foul devices. Your sins and corruptions. We are bought with a price. We are glorifying God in our bodies. In the name of Jesus. Let's give him some praise here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.